happy 2018, Jennifer Zhang. Oh, it is very happy, indeed. It, it's so happy. You know, it's not happy. Two Vix. Hey, you want to give me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to give me three words to describe Two Vix? Girl, I'll give you four words to describe oh, Two Vix. Oh damn, we're getting four. It's 2018. We're going crazy. Yeah, we're stepping it up. Ready? Brat. Kill it with fire. <laughs> My name's Jacqueline Lopez. That was Jennifer Zhang. And we are here with you in the new year. Why am I talking like this? It's seven of wine, you guys. We've decided we're going to get more 1990s urban. Can I tell you, ever since I listened to that Bruno Mars song. Oh, finesse. I'm feeling, yes. Yes. All kinds of in living color. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this episode has been bananas. Do you want to give us a brief synopsis of Tuvix? I will indeed. It's messed up. <laughs> Listen, you guys, ready your room. <laughs> ready? Brace yourselves. Brace yourselves. For awkward impact. Here we go. All right, let's do it. After a rare transporter malfunction, <laughs> Tuvok and Neelix are fused at a, mon- at, a, at a molecular level into a hybrid being that has its own consciousness. Um, and this poses a serious medical challenge for the doctor who has to find a way to unfuse them. A uh, political, (laughs) moral challenge for Captain Janeway who has to manage how her crew is going to receive this new member in the meantime while we figure this out. Um, But most of all, a personal challenge for (gasps) Kess whose boyfriend is now half of an entirely new person. It's weird. (laughs) Oh my God, it's so weird. It's so weird. All right, creep factor aside. Oh. It poses a lot of interesting things, though. Massive, massive moral questions. Yeah. And it's nauseating. It's, <laughs> that's that's it. That's the problem with it. It hits you on so many primal levels. Yep. Right in the gut. Because mm-hmm. if you start thinking about the conundrum at hand, it's horrible. Yeah. What if, what if the person that you love was fused with somebody that you didn't love? It's a lose-lose. Do you love this new person? Or is this actually just a new person that you have to learn to love? Or do you start from zero? Do you have to start from zero? Or does it come with prereqs? You know what I mean? Do you start at 50%? Yeah. Are you cheating if you love this person? Or is it supposed to feel the same? It's so whack. Y'all. But isn't isn't it? And you know what's even more whack? This fucking wine, girl. That's nasty, girl. Well, that was the spoiler alert. But let's go into it. So Jen, of course, picked the episode. So you know what? I'm okay with it being awkward because watching Jen writhe at her choices <laughs> has been joyous. Just grimace and You're like... Ch- blah. There's a lot of that happening. Um, so you were telling me now, this is a Bonnie Dune Vineyard wine. It's a Grenache from Monterey County. But you were saying that the name, even though it's not on here, is actually... What was it? Le Monstre. Le Monstre. Now the the label has like a picture of a, a monstrous face, 
which to me was perfect for Tuvix. It actually looks like Tuvix. I'm definitely yeah. going to put, you know, what was brought to my attention by fans of ours. Oh my God, we have fans. You guys are the best. Um, is that people were like, hey, can you let us know the wine so we can drink it with you? Oh well, gosh. We, I know. That's while fantastic. they listen to the podcast. How cute yeah. is that? Okay, let's read the back of this 2014 Monterrey County Grenache. Grenache. Oh, I can't do this with a straight face. Grenache is so succulent <laughs> and prepossessing. One sometimes fails to notice the devilish way it seems to get under one's skin. If you prick us, do we not bleed? Free run juice. Grenache will make you see red, red fruit specifically, plums, cherries, and strawberries. Beware, lest it impoverish your life. This Grenache is absolutely the perfect wine for an alfresco soiree and will compliment n'importe quoi on the barbie. Okay, first off, why are you in, like, why did we jump to Australia if we are <laughs> right from Santa Cruz, California? That's literally what it says on the barbie. And it's like, they made an interesting choice to not put the name of the wine on the actual label. And they went with a bold statement of putting a face on it. Legit. But it's, it's advertised on BevMo's website and on in the actual, you know, store as La Monstery. But it's nowhere on the label. Well, let's, let's take a very, like a very pointed little sip here. We're going to ting, ting, ting. Um, and we're going to take a little sip. Well, let me see. I taste broken dreams. I don't. It impoverished my life in Des- a very, very strong way. <laughs> Despair. You know, I am. Um, I was. I made honor roll my entire high school career, mm-hmm. except for my senior year last semester. I got a C in calculus. Does this taste like that? C? That tastes like that C in calculus too. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. It tastes like a C in calculus. It's, okay, first of all, it's a screw top. It's a screw top. One. But here's the thing. You can't. It's a hit or miss with screw tops because yeah, I've had some good, good ones. Mm-hmm. Jackie very aptly described yeah. it as it tastes like red wine that's been like had that has had water added to it. For God's sakes, do not smell it. Yes. <laughs> it, smells, it smells like feet. But you know, to be honest, I'm feeling quite buzzed. So it's doing the job. It's got that going for it. <laughs> This is the wine. I mean, they say, you know, like, don't cook with wine that you won't drink. I just use this for cooking. Oh, just th- throw this on your braised short ribs. Or your bobby. Or your bobby. Like, Listen, what the fuck? Use it to put out a fire because <laughs> it's got so much water in it. It'll we literally, work. it's it's turned us into Bostonians is what's just <laughs> happened. Like, we've, we've been pre-partying for a while, and uh, this hasn't opened up at all. No. It tastes, it tastes like watered-down wine. Yep. Day old. You know what this would taste great in? fucking sangria throw some sprite and some fucking like yeah fruits in there let it marinate for like two you know days what? put some hydrocodone in there and you like, have no this is not how we make throw, sangria. throw some throw, throw some <laughs> perp perp jolly ranchers all up in there Stop. yeah Stop. yo throw some purple drink yo, in there throw some purple drink in there <laughs> like douse that shit with some robitussin you know what i'm saying girl and make it into some wax dessert jen i think our our uh, ingredients. No, but I think that our recipes for sangria are very different. <laughs> I'm like, we get to the supermarket. I'm like, I'm going to get sangria. I'm going to go to the fruit aisle. Jen's like, I'm going to the pharmacy. Yeah, 
I'm going around back to the alley. You I guys, know a guy. He's back there. You guys, I have a friend named Julio, and he's, yeah. he gets me a little something called cocaina. <laughs> I'm here for the cocoa. So. <laughs> Speaking of cocoa. Yes. It is a powdery drink sometimes that you mix with uh, milk and uh, cocoa powder. And you know what else was mixed in this <laughs> here episode, Jen? You know what? A Neelix in a Tuvok. Nicely done. That was crazy. I didn't know how you were going to segue, but you did that like a champion, girl. I ch- you know what? It reminded me of that person who was like, they were in a U-turn only lane and they just went straight ahead Yo, today. That's I'm going to call happened. you the Drift King. I am Tokyo Drift, yo. I'm Fast and Furious they Tokyo Drift. They call her drift. DK. They c- no, they don't call me DK. Because <laughs> she's a Drift King. <laughs> I should be DQ. Because no. I'm a Drift Queen or Dairy Queen. And I love me them blizzards. <laughs> so, <laughs> we start off with, um, and this is the lasting thing that they do throughout the whole series, is pairing Neelix and Tuvok together for our amusement. Because if there are any two crew members that are more diametrically opposed, I wouldn't know who they are um, if they weren't (laughs) Tuvok and Neelix, right? You got Tuvok with uh, who, as the doctor later describes as being like, obnoxiously logical. Egoistic to a a degree. Yes. Entitled. Precisely. And And then Neelix, who was just plain obnoxious. (laughs) I don't feel like that's what I, that was the no. uh, complete polar opposite. I would say he's just a lot of he's just a lot. He's extra. He's extra. He's extra extra. Um, and you see them on an away mission. Mm-hmm. Probably this is probably Tuvok's nightmare. They're picking. <laughs> they're picking flowers. They are. They have to because Janeway has. Um, and her team has identified this as being like a potential source for what is it like energy or. It's always energy. It's something. Something that they can convert into something else. Yeah. So here they are analyzing um, their horticulturists. They're doing that, guys. They're like botanists and shit. Yeah, they're they're examining stuff. Neelix is like, oh, geez, look, we're picking flowers, and isn't it a lovely day, and everything's wonderful, and come and knock on our door. Um, We'd already seen that Neelix is capable, under the right circumstances, of driving Tuvok to almost a murderous rage. (laughs) That's how he gets off when it comes to Tuvok. Yeah. And I think it's he that pushes sense. pushes his buttons. Yeah. And I think, truthfully, I think it's that sense of he does it because he wants to get some sort of emotion. I wonder Smile. if it's his own, like, it's his own kind of social experiment where yeah. because Vulcans are so controlled, he just wants to see an extreme come out in any capacity. It's the ultimate challenge for somebody like Neelix who just wants to make everyone smile. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so it's the perfect stage to set up where the two of them are having their banter. You see very much that Tuvok would probably prefer the most horrific death to this particular away mission. Oh, yeah. He, he does. He hates it. Yeah. Neelix is like Mr. Sunshine, happy times. Yeah. And they're um, picking flowers and everything's hunky dory. And then they have to get beamed back up. Yeah, because that's that's how away missions work, and it, it works perfectly fine. And they're there, and the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this has been Seven of Wine. So here's my favorite part: is of course who's in charge of this freaking um, transporter room? None other than Harry Kim. <laughs> so of course that's immediately when I see Harry Kim like fixing the problem. I'm like, there's gonna be a problem, oh, isn't there, Harry? Oh, Harry. Oh. And then all of a sudden it goes horribly wrong. 
because what they beam up is somebody they don't recognize. They beam up one entity. Who is this? Kianes, who are you? Kesket, Kianson, you. It is um the most horrific it is not pretty no it's not they did a good job of making us not get connected to this thing can i tell you straight up like i was like what happened yeah jesus christ um it is uh so they beam up somebody that they assume is a stranger they're very concerned about it until the readings um spit up an analysis that no it contains both the DNA of Neelix and Tuvok and a third set of like uh I don't know like it is what, DNA it is DNA it's yeah. like plant DNA which to our eye only manifests as a nice floral pattern on his uniform like straight up that's what threw me off initially that was so I was weird like, what's wrong so with it's your a, outfit it looks like a Van Gogh painting it is threw up on your shirt it is what looks like a black Talaxian who is wearing a uniform that's like queer eye for the straight guy star trek edition so now that they've determined um that uh we did beam up neelix and tuvok but not in the way that we expected opening credits oh yeah of course it's star trek voyager and we're gonna get real freaky right now yeah so it's whack can i tell you the first thing that threw me off about this clown wasn't his appearance i was kind of like that's interesting but what really when we get back after our regularly scheduled credits is this guy's like i think i should go to sick bay I'm like, bitch, you just got here. Listen. Listen, asshole. Yeah, walking around like you fucking know. I know what a beep boop boop. This is my ship. I've lived here. Nah, sit down. We'll say when you're going to sick bay. <laughs> but of course, Harry Kim is just like, I don't know what I'm... Uh. <laughs> it's it, the right. whole thing. Everybody's thrown for a loop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, spoiler alert, but not necessarily because this is very important. Thematically, what we've just... Thematically, what we're dealing with here, right, is... um. This is now half Tuvok, half uh, Neelix. So half Vulcan, half Talaxian. So his personality demonstrates like that bipolarity. Yes. But the problem is, even though it's technically, molecularly both individuals, it's actually neither of them. Because this particular guy, Tuvix, as he comes to name himself, has his own consciousness that's separate from the two guys that we know. Yes. He has he retains all of their memory. As memories. we see in Sickbay, yeah, when he's there. He retains all of their memories and he retains aspects of each of their um, personalities, but he is his own unique individual. So the conundrum comes in that he is uh, even though he is technically both individuals, he is actually more neither of these individuals. Of course. He's, he's a Im- third thing. He is a third thing. He's a third entity unto himself, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's legitimately what's going down, okay? Mm-hmm. He gets, he goes into sickbay, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he basically, as you had made mention uh, of before, the doctor confirms that, yes, he is both people and a plant. <laughs> <laughs> Which goes to show, ladies and gentlemen, you are what you eat. Two two guys, a plant, and a pizza place. And a pizza place. Go! <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, so basically, they, you know, they they kind of figure out yeah. that 
you know, they're trying to, they're trying to rule out, they're trying to figure out what this mm-hmm. guy is about and everything. And they realized that, it, you know, much to my chagrin, it wasn't a transporter malfunction. No, that would be so strange and rare for a transporter to be able to fuse the people that it's starting to, that it has to transport. That would be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It, can you imagine like a Riker uh, Picard hybrid? I can. Hold on. I'm going to yeah, need some I time alone. Yeah, I think we all can. Um, I'm going to need some time. Jen, we're going to unpack that later. <laughs> but for now, we're going to stick with this crazy thing. So what's so interesting is, so now they're running tests on this hybrid, mm-hmm. on this Vulcan, Talaxian. Abomination. Plant <laughs> thing. Yes. And who's running the test? None other than Kess. Mm-hmm. And of course, her love of her life at the time mm-hmm. is uh, part of this equation. It's so rough. It's mm-hmm. so rough because the the, imme- the immediate thing that you see, the interplay that happens between them is that um, she's horrified by this thing. Oh, absolutely. Her knee-jerk reaction is, okay, my boyfriend is somewhere in there, but I can't see this thing as my boyfriend because he's different. He is intrinsically different. Um, having half of your personality replaced with somebody else's personality makes you a different person. Yeah, and then he drops the S word, the S bomb, which is sweeting. Yeah. And so that's, see, this is, friends, let's talk about boundaries. <laughs> you have just existed on this plane for a mere couple of minutes at this time. Yeah. You don't have the... You don't have the credentials the to go, history. bro. Yeah, and you that's can't just go from zero to sweetie. And well, that and that's what's so interesting to me is it's just like when you are cognitive of the situation, what are the boundaries that are there for you as a person? You know what I mean? Like if if I knew the the schematics to and I knew how to pilot the plane, should I pilot the plane? Right. Like if what what there's new- issue. What nuances are you not familiar with? And here, here, this is where everybody is really walking on eggshells around this thing, right? Because the the big complication comes in that this is a, a problem, a medical issue that there's no as as with all things Voyager, there's no precedence for. Nope. They a a transporter has never malfunctioned this way. The doctor, who by the way is not a real person, he's, he's not hol- real. He's a hologram. He's a hologram. I don't know if you guys knew that. Watch <laughs> Star Trek Voyager all these times. He the the entirety of his medical knowledge is only what Starfleet has ever logged. True. So, and remember, he didn't even have Cass or Neelix logged mm-hmm. in his database. Exactly. He didn't know what a Talaxian or a what is she an Ocampan Ocampan um, is. So he now has to deal with literally limited information um limited data when it comes to how to unfuse these these people and he's very frank with Janeway he's like I this could take years yep right which just a wave of horror sweeps over Cass she may be without and Jen yes she may (laughs) she may be without her boyfriend for years which is a problem for an Ocampin because they only live nine years they do. So true story. Meanwhile, Janeway, who is ever the diplomat, ever the, the paragon of Starfleet principles, realizes, you know what? What? Um, in the meantime, this is a new crew member. Yep. This is we're gonna adapt. <sighs> we're gonna have to. We're gonna borg this shit up. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have to integrate this new crew member into all of the regular stuff because you know what? Um, for the time being. Either she has lost a security officer and lost a mess hall chief 
uh, what is it like head chef chefy chef or she's now got in both in one individual exactly it's hard it's hard to say where that resource should be allocated yeah it's so she's she's dealing with captain things guys you guys she has to wear the captain hat or the captain bun hashtag captain bun oh my god yes let's do it let's trend it i'm down i'm down and so um in the meantime she decides yeah you know what Tuvix, because I mean, she doesn't call him that, but that is the name he decides for himself. Um, acquaint yourself with your crew, with the crew. We we may be facing down a future where you are just what we are, what we are dealing with now. Them's the breaks. So of course, you know, and this, I had a lot of red flags because you know that there is, you know, if you are not new to this episode, there is a huge um, question of morale um, yeah. or yeah, morality, moral, yeah. yeah ethics right Mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to be like dude what would what would set me off I'll tell you what sets Jacqueline off first ding ding when Janeway goes hey homie we're gonna integrate you into the crew why don't you go down to the mess hall which seems like an entry-level position for any new crew member yeah and Tuvix throws his dick on the table and goes nah bitch (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying I'm a security officer, this shit, because technically I'm part security officer. Because, girl, when you <laughs> said he threw his dick on the table, I imagined a dick on the table that was a combination Vulcan. Why did Celestia you do thing. that, Jen? I, I don't even know. go there. And I got to tell you, it was not It was something. worse than the oh, other parts. I had, I, two Vix is terrifying as it is. And then now you've made me imagine a two Vix dick. Tuvix dick and I and I feel like death would be sweeter than what I'm feeling right now (laughs) that's what they served up a Gitmo girl some Tuvix dick (laughs) um but I digress Mm -hmm. no so she you know and I was like first off it's the fucking captain yeah like even Neelix wouldn't step he's definitely defiant for whatever reason oh boy a Neelix who would be very obedient and mm-hmm. eager to please. And then a Vulcan who would be dutiful and therefore eager to please. We're dealing with something different. Because we're dealing defiant. we're dealing it's it must be that crazy orchid. <laughs> 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 they got fused in. So cut to meeting mm-hmm. where they're talking about how Harry fucked up. Mm-hmm. And Bellana's siding with him and going, Look, Harry didn't fuck up. Yeah. It wasn't the transporter. There's something going on here that we don't understand yet. And and Janeway wants to get to the bottom of this because mm-hmm. she's like, yo, this is our only transporter, friends. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're going to be in this DQ, not yeah. Dairy Queen, Delta Quadrant, for a bit. <laughs> and so it's like, friends, let's figure this out. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, they're talking about this plant. They're talking about what's going down. And then... Tuvix in again ding ding just blurts out the word sex yeah that was weird can I tell you yeah he just goes sex he goes sex and I love Janeway's face in this (laughs) I know right literally like if you could actually like personify the expression excuse me like the face that she makes (laughs) meme gift-tastic yeah as far as I'm concerned she goes, excuse I, I me? I beg your pardon. If she had a monocle, it popped out. Yeah. I'm just saying that right now. Mm-hmm. And so he says something along the lines of symbiogenesis is what he's saying. Yeah. And he's saying there are some plants 
in the worldsies mm-hmm. or in the, the quadrantsies mm-hmm. that apparently the way they bone is they latch onto something else and create something new. Yeah, and I think it was Cass that like um, was the seed pun intended mm-hmm. of of that particular revelation where she was like you know just blurting out random things when it comes to like plants right like chloroplasts and like uh and and it is true it is grounded in science which is something that we love about star trek is that some plants in the absence of you know being able to find like a um, male or female version of their their species right like they have this adaptation that makes it so that they can hybridize with things that are not as genetically similar as them and that's what we're dealing with here it's an it's an attribute of plant life that because of this transporter uh, because of transport technology how it molecularizes yep. anything that it's doing uh, broke them down it broke it broke down um, Tuvok and Neelix and then this plant which happened to be in this very specific phase of its reproductive cycle and fuse them all and that's what we're dealing with this here. is why you don't walk in on people getting sprung yeah no you don't like, you could fuse and then you could become Tuvix listen, think about that if there's anybody in your life who could possibly be sprung by you stay the F away from them all we're trying to say is if there's a sock on the door honor it <laughs> Respect the sock. Yo, Respect this, the this sock. wine is working. <laughs> Le Monstre is working. Le Monstre. Just, just a little update from the vineyard. This wine is doing its job. Hey, BT Devs, just an update from the vineyard. Jen has transported with the orchid, fused with the vineyard, come back yeah. and just let us know that it's working. On screen. On screen. The wine is working. Thank you. And transmission. And trans. Thank you. That was great. Thank you okay. for using the com badge on the wine glass. <laughs> so, um, whereas bef- whereas you would think under normal circumstances, you might be like, we don't fully understand what this is. Let's put it in a lab. Let's put it in the brig. Yep. Let's put it somewhere so that it, it'll m- be minimally impactful yep. um, until we figure it out. Um, Voyager doesn't have that luxury. No. Nope. They have to be like, you know what? We're down one security officer and one head chef. Yep. So you know what, and we are so far away from everything that could possibly, we can't draw from any more resources, so let's put it to work. And Janeway makes the right decision, um, but the problem with this is now this thing, which has its own separate consciousness, is going to start forming new memories of its own. Well, and it settles in, and that's the danger, isn't it? Because, like you said, do you keep this this entity self-aware that it is not meant to be? Or do you allow it to thrive and exist and be of benefit to the crew? And so as it it may be selfish, but you have to think, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm -hmm. And the few would be in this instance, at this immediate instance, it it makes no sense to be selfish. Yeah. It it makes more sense to benefit the crew to see us through to the other side of whatever this is going to be. Especially because there's no end in sight when it comes to how long this will take. It may never happen. And actually we see that happen. We see that um, potentiality in that uh, when Janeway catches up with Doctor, he, you know, and they've now cracked that one part of the code, which is that, okay, whatever happened because of the reproductive cycle that this plant was in, um, when it uh, molecularized uh, when we molecularized all of the this DNA with our transporter this is the result uh, the doctor realizes that he's having very little luck reversing the process every time 
And who is it that they send on the away mission? Is it Tom and Harry? No, it's Tom and Bolana. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's right. It's Tom and Bolana. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm oh, wine Jen. drunk. And, and I kept looking for signs of budding romance, pun intended. Yeah. But it is a very sterile away mission. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we got a lot we're unpacking on, on the ship right now. Tom and Bolana go on an away mission to pick flowers. They... <laughs> You would think would be the That's perfect... That's really what Tuvix is about. This entire episode is Tom and Bolana go pick flowers. You would think that it would be the perfect opportunity for them to bone in a poppy field or whatever, but they don't. They fucking pick flowers. Fine, whatever. Jennifer's just going to have to wait till day of honor. Fuck you. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> And she does. And she Spoiler does. Spoiler alert. Sprung. She does. Um, anyway, so they pick flowers and nothing else happens. Anyway... <laughs> that segue no but we see after Janeway gives the go-ahead we see Tuvix becoming a part Mm -hmm. of the crew and meanwhile the doctor in the lab is just killing flower after flower now they're not able to do a um, deconstructive reversal of the process without killing the being that they're trying. It's really interesting because, you know, we always know, like we know, I mean, we're in the third season, particularly with Star Trek franchise, you you keep going. Mm -hmm. But they painted a really bleak picture in this Mm -hmm. episode, which I thought was really, really clever on their part, right? Mm -hmm. They do this a lot with us, right? I mean... Look, Voyager's going to get out of every battle. Mm-hmm. Crew's going to be... The gang's going to get back together at the end. There's going to mm-hmm. be some aspect of, don't worry, we're going to see ourselves through. But right now, we don't know what that's going to look like for our crewmen, particularly Neelix and Tuvix. Yeah, Tuvok. Tuvok. And, uh, and the person feeling it the most that we start seeing is Cass. Yeah, that's actually the central... I find it funny that we... We've like not talked about this, girl. I find it so funny because Jen is doing it. I wish I, I need to take a photo at next time she does. Uh oh, guys, we are one. done. We finished the bottle. Have you noticed that anytime, with the exception of that shattered um, uh-huh. wine, any bottle that's terrible, we just go through we like go wildfire. Look, we're champions. We're Starfleet trained us well. You guys, Starfleet, we was boldly, the best. we boldly go into the bo- bottom of every bottle. We're no bottle. And I got nothing. <laughs> but no, so yes, Kes. Kes, she's, her discomfort is front and center. So Kes. Yes. Is distressed. She's not in a good place. She's like right sitting now. there meditating. She's trying to do Vulcan stuff because she's just like, this is how I'll get through this. Yeah. The, basically, the doctor has, has made it abundantly clear to everybody involved. And we've now had a montage of um, Tuvix integrating himself into the crew. Yeah, you apparently know, he's a good chef. He's a good chef. You know, everyone was kind of good. Apparently nobody took home ec in Starfleet. <laughs> they and were like, the kitchen? Like, I'm surprised this fucking Voyager didn't explode because of a kitchen fire. Yeah, everybody was like, what is a knife for? Ah! Uh, how do I use this salad spinner? What, what is box happening? Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Tuvix goes in, cleans house, whips up a nice whatever meal for everybody. At one point, he makes a nice crepe for uh, for Kess, and she enjoys it much to her horror because she didn't want to enjoy anything that this guy does for her. Um, and so, in in little significant ways, he does remind her of Neelix. Anyway, so now uh, 
you know, this guy seems to be superior in that he is actually a fusion of Neelix and Tuvok's uh, best qualities. He can do both jobs. But uh, the doc has dropped a truth bomb, which is that we may never get them unfused. Well, we may never get them unfused. And then furthermore, yeah. what what is irksome, yeah. and I do not blame her in the least, mm-hmm. is she's in her room, she's mm-hmm. in her quarters, mm-hmm. she's trying to kind of see her way through this situation. Yeah. And Tuvix comes in and goes, hey girl, what's going down? And she goes, oh nothing, just trying mm-hmm. to deal with the fact that you're part, the, per- the love of my life. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, oh BT dubs, I'm in love with you. I love you. And this is after she had very, you know, in a vulnerable place, confided in him that, you know, um, if I had lost Neelix, Tuvok would be the one who would be guiding me spiritually through the grieving process. If I lost Tuvok, Neelix would be the one who would be emotionally there for me. And now I've lost both. Yeah. So I'm in a really bad place. And he's like, oh, yeah, I love you. Yeah. He goes, oh, that's that sucks. BT dubs, love ya. Yeah, which which is further proof that this third being that's a hybrid of them is neither of them. Is neither of them and yeah. is a bit of a douche nozzle. <laughs> if it hasn't been established earlier, ladies and gentlemen, yep. bit of a douche nozzle. Yep. Now, the only silver lining in this entire episode is what transpires next, which is a conflicted Kess approaching a Captain Janeway. In the middle of the night. Oh, this is such a great heartbreaking moment. Oh my God. Kate Mulgrew. Can you not just break my heart? Dying. (laughs) I am dead. I just, first off, the nightgown and the hair. So Kess has been asked by... Oh yeah, let's get back to the plot. (laughs) Kess had been asked by two Vicks to please... um, Oh my God, I can't even remember. What? What is it that... Like, give him a chance, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And Kess goes to um, Janeway's uh, quarters. And you see... And th- it's always lovely when we see a softer side of Janeway because uh, woman has to make some pretty tough decisions. Oh, yeah. Frequently. Well, she doesn't let her guard down at all. all. She's she got to wear the captain bun. She can't. She, she has to be a pillar, a paragon of strength. And um, so it's nice when we get these... You know, much like with... Picard or any captain when you see them you know have to take the uniform off and be a little more human mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely like consciously making it so it's not like so we could see her be a girl it's not what it's this not is that, about though. no no it's about seeing them you know in their pjs yeah literally literally in her pink yammies her hair's down and her hair is down beautiful <laughs> oh God, flawless flawless <laughs> flawless she's in a pink satin slip oh my god so obviously Captain Janeway likes to live the good life when she's not captaining. You guys, I don't blame her. Why not replicate that shit silk yeah. all day, son? <laughs> and then go ahead and tell us what Kess says. Oh, Kess goes, hey, homie, how do you deal with this? How do I deal with this? Yeah. And Kate Mulgrew just proves to us why she is one of the finest actresses on the planet and does this beautiful fucking monologue about how some days she misses Mark and then some days oh she misses Mark. Yeah. And it's just heartbreaking. The advice she gives Kess is to wait. Mm-hmm. Is to just sit and wait and see how it plays out. Yeah. Very much in the same way that Janeway is approaching it 
in her captainship in yeah. that she's going in it and going, you know what? We don't know if the doc's going to figure it out in two years or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All we know is we got to deal with the circumstance at hand. Present. Let's, let's, yeah. let's ride it out. Yeah. Jane Wade's like, you know what? We're 70 years away from earth. Um, will we get there sooner? Will we get there exactly? Some, I don't know. No idea. But the only thing that I know for certain now is that when I left earth, I was in love with Mark. And that he was in love with me. So that's the only information you can, you, you can, you can, you know, count on in the meantime. So, uh, that's comforting the cast. And somehow then, she just goes from, oh my God, to, that's a great idea. I'm going to you know go what? with I'm that. I'm just going to see where this is headed. I'm just going to see where And where it's now. headed, fortunately, is the doc figures out a way to do it. You guys. He figured it out using an old-fashioned way of uh, doing things called the x-ray. <laughs> exactly. So he's devised a way to actually unfuse Tuvix into Neelix and Tuvok. There's only one problem. Just, just a smidge. Just a smidge problem. A little bit of problem. And uh, hopefully, if you are a discerning listener, you may have already, you know, you could probably predict this. But um, Tuvix is the one that says, there's only one problem. I don't want to die. So that's that's the problem now is that it's taken so long for them to devise this thing that um, this solution, this solution, yeah, that two Vix has now formed independent memories with his consciousness. He's felt a whole world of things. He's made real relations with people. He is his own thing. And for um, Neelix and Tuvok to come back. He must die. Yeah, we have two weeks. So in two weeks, Tuvix has experienced all of, has has created a life. He has. And relationships and everything. He's been able to flex his talents. He's been able to serve the crew. And he experienced love. Yeah. It's, that's a lot to have to give up. Well, and furthermore, I think that, I, I think we skimmed over it, but there is that, uh, that notion of Kess says, look, I want to start as friends, but yeah. I'd like to pursue something further. Yeah. And so you do have this opportunity for, like, basically the writers have set us up with everything to say that it isn't too outside the realm of possibilities for Tuvix to actually plead his case and succeed. Yeah, Kess may fall in love with this new version. Maybe not. She may. Look, once you go to Lax, you never go back. Nope, I'm not going that way. I'm not going. No, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, he did throw put his dick on the table. He did. So, <laughs> Tuvoxian dick. So it's so it's now an issue where he says, "There's only one problem. I don't want to die." He does not. And it is now we're not. And, you know, Jane, there's like a big moral debate of the kind that we love in Star Trek, which is mm. Janeway makes her case for, look, you may think that us unfusing you is your execution, but if we don't, we're executing two other crew members. Again, it's, needs of the few, out, you know, needs yeah. of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Cass is approached by two Vix, and he... And this him. is where oh. I go, mm. So whack. This is this is why you die. Hit us with it, girl. Girl, she like he so Tuvix comes up to Kess and goes, "Hey, Kess, you got the ear of the captain. You showed up in the middle of the night and saw her with her hair down, which was gorgeous. Hey, BT Dubs, can you try her. to uh, bail me out? Yeah. And Jacqueline make- went. Ah. Tape stop. Zach Morris timeout. Who 
the fuck do you think you are knowing someone for two weeks and then Who the going? the fuck do you think you is? Hey, you bruh. ain't messing with no average bitch, boy. Boy, that's from Lemonade. I can't with you right now. <laughs> so yeah. So um, apparently, the presumption. Jen goes Beyonce, but just, just the ego, and we we the were presumption. This oh was, my god. This was talked about. You know, this was set up by the doc saying, "Look, that's going to be there. He's going to have this bravado. He's going to have this entitlement." But Jacqueline, Jacqueline, no. the viewer goes, uh-uh, to put you Kes. don't, don't put Kess in this situation and you don't put people you love in situations like that. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I don't care what species of orchid you're fused with. You are not going to be that person. And so already I was like, don't do it, Kess. Yeah. Don't do it. But Kess, of course, is a very sensitive Ocampian. And so she's been now asked to plead for somebody else's life horrible position to put her in this is going to weigh on her forever but she goes to it's the most heartbreaking moment of this whole thing she goes to Janeway and she says very plainly I've been asked to plead for his life but I can't because I miss I miss Neelix I she wants her boyfriend back dude y'all I don't care what you think about Cass like Mm -hmm. Jen in this moment is gold she has been putting on this amazing facade throughout the entirety of this mm-hmm. episode where she is she is acclimating. And, you know, in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things when it comes to Ocampans, she's relatively young. Yeah. For this to be in her life at this point mm-hmm. is huge. It's tough. And, and this is when her, her walls just come cr- crumbling yeah. down. She was strong through this. She tried to... She tried to accept the fact that this may be her boyfriend now. Hi, boyfriend. Weird. <laughs> Janeway is going to have to pull the trigger on the decision, ultimately. Yep. And this is going to be the deciding factor for her because it can't... She she has to bear this burden because it can't be Kess that decides that two Vicks must die. Well, and the, It can't and be her. In, yeah, and therein lies the mantle of captaincy, doesn't it? Yeah. Is, is it that sense of, you know... I mean, and that, and this is, of course, where the debate comes up. Did she just use Kess's reasoning as the scapegoat? Mm-hmm. A, B, and C. It, it, it goes beyond that. But wherein lies the decision is her going, look, dude, mm-hmm. this is what needs to be done. Yeah. And I, this is going to sit on me yeah. forever. She's going to be the one that has to, the sole bearer of the guilt. And, yep. and from here on out, her actions may seem very callous because she had because um Tuvix um kicks a fit in on the Bro. bridge he loses his shit because as he should he's about to die and um Janeway orders that he be basically dragged to uh sickbay yep where Janeway faces the last obstruction to her justice which is that the dock which is fascinating it's so interesting and and he can't be blamed because it is his programming but he tells her plainly i've been programmed not to kill people but isn't that fascinating his entire motive this entire episode has been to splice mm-hmm. tuvix back into his original parts yeah and the one moment he gets to pull the trigger to do so can't do it he can't do it and so he says to Janeway unfortunately I can't I can't execute him it's not what I was programmed to do and Janeway says here hold my beer legit though legit (laughs) she goes goes, "Mm, okay step aside motherfucker and 
in a move that Jackie, I have a question for you. Let's do it. What's cooler than being cool? Janeway. Ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> What's cooler than being cool? Ice, Ice co- cold. All right, 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 all right. Okay, now Jen. <laughs> right. Janeway. Dude. Um, she uh, orders two Vicks to get on, you know, to get into the space that she needs to pull the trigger and she separates. She pulls that lever. She executes two Vicks. She does everything. But from from this point onward, every action is hers. The blood is on her hands. Yep. And she pulls the lever and in an instant she has Neelix and Tuvok back and Kess has her boyfriend. She bears none of the guilt of the decision. Yep. And Janeway just I mean, it's such a, it was so smart of a decision. You don't see her struggle. You don't see her do anything that you would expect somebody weaker to do. She literally stands by her decision. She knows what she did. And she just kind of marches out of that room. She just goes, glad to have you guys back. Mm -hmm. Cut to credits. And Jen was floored. I was like, what just happened? (laughs) Did we just watch Janeway kill somebody? Did she... Did she murder everyone and we were the witness? We, also a line from Lemonade. <laughs> I can't with you right now. <laughs> like So we, apparently Jane was Beyonce in this episode. Yeah. She just basically says, you know what, this was this is the decision. And it's a it's a theme that we see with Jane Wade for the rest of the series. Is that when push comes to shove, when there's no precedent, when there's nothing in any of her Starfleet training and nothing in any of the captain's log of any of the captains that have come before her, and she has to make a decision, a decision that's hard, she just does it. And people it makes her controversial. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's yeah. and, and it's one of the go-to cons that a lot of trekkers go to when they Mm. decide to list their captains Mm -hmm. and you know coming from a writing perspective jen like what would putting an episode like this on the docket prove like it does it prove anything oh yeah i i believe so right because what your expectation of a female captain is is that there's an emotional response yep and and oh that's a good one the episode really set up like this in a way, red herrings for us to think that Janeway is going to make the compassionate, almost feminine, like empathetic choice when it comes to, you know, whether or not that lever gets pulled. She behaves as a a military, a general in a military, military. She says, okay, we're, we're trading one life for two. Yep. Decision is clear. She pulls the lever. She welcomes back crew members and she walks away. What's so interesting and what, is the gift of Voyager is how they're able to bookend their episodes in such a way where it's just like nothing important happened today. Do you no, know what I mean? It's just, just a day in the life. Day of in the, the life. Captain. I mean, the thing with Picard, right? And I know he's come up several times in this episode. I don't know why, <laughs> because uh, Patrick Stewart is just because amazing. Patrick Stewart. He's so amazing. He is amazing. But um, if if there was a theme for him, it was that he is the shining bright star of Starfleet training, right? He's the guy who's always going to do right by what's in the book, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, take note, everybody. This is how you do it if you're (laughs) a proper Starfleet person. Guys, I found the manual. It's Picard. Listen, yeah, exactly. He's always going to do what's right and what's, I mean, what's right when it comes to protocol. Mm. Janeway is a totally separate case here. 
you know, the the rules of Starfleet and the Federation do not apply here. They can't. It never, and that's what it blows cannot. my mind when it comes to people who try to equate. The circumstances. So different. So fucking so different. different. She doesn't have the backing of the Federation no, behind man. her decisions. Her only goal at this point is to get these people home to uh, the place where these where these protocols apply. And right. she was a star student. That's the rough part about this is it must be difficult for her because she was a star student in Starfleet. Even in calculus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she has to actually, you know, something that Picard really had, didn't have to do often, if ever, right? Which is, um, do I go against all of my training and everything I believed in and everything I staked my identity in in order to complete this mission? That's rough. That's some rough shit. That th- this woman's got some balls. She's got some brass ones. Let me yo, tell you. Yo, they are ovaries, and they are there. No, it it it's so interesting because once you take a step back from you know everybody just hones in on that one decision, oh, and she if you violated take, the prime directive, oh no, what is happening? Blah, 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 blah. You take a step back. The rules are there are no rules, and yeah. that's what I think is so interesting about. First off, it justifies why Voyager should exist, right? Because yeah. it shows that when you have something where the variables are all thrown off, you can tell stories like this that there is, you know, Jen and I were talking about this, this while I was setting up. It's a lose-lose. Yeah. But the reality is, and especially in talking about it with you, Jen, is Janeway has the most to lose. Yeah. If I mean, Kess emotionally, but overall, Janeway is the one who diplomatically puts herself in the chair and says, I will be the one to execute all of this to yep. make it Literally. my burden. Literally, she has to kill something. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's some rough stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know what I love about Star Trek, honestly, is the versatility of the series in general, yeah. right? Like, taking it to DS9, just really, really briefly, um, Captain Sisko really comes into his own when he goes rogue. Yeah. During the Dominion War. Mm -hmm. Right. Janeway has to go rogue in like less of an unhinged way. Right. (laughs) She she frequently has to go rogue. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Wind it all the way back to Kirk. His appeal is that he goes rogue. Oh, yeah. That's his go to. But he always has home base to touch on. Exactly. Picard is the guy that demonstrates to us how, you know, maybe it's not always great to go rogue. You know, sometimes like adhering to this this utopian set of ideals that starfleet and the federation represent um we're looking at a perfect world here yeah you know that's it so we get every facet of what the future could look like Mm -hmm. right and um we get it across the spectrum and janeway certainly falls somewhere between cisco and picard jen let's get back to the swine and wrap that sucker up well it certainly has made me drunk well i think that it (laughs) accomplished Honestly, regardless of whether or not we enjoy it, it gets the job done. It definitely did. I mean, good job. What is it? Fucking Bonnie Dune Vineyard. You're crazy label. I'm going to be straight up, you guys. The taste hasn't changed. Oh, it's horrible. It, it still tastes like metal in my mouth. I could suck on a penny. I wouldn't get drunk. I'd just be highly irritated. Oh, my God. You're right. It has a very... It's it's metallic, dude. A copper, like, metallic 
coating on it's like you licked a battery and legitimately like i'm not even if if you guys get a handle on this wine and decide to i don't know split it four ways or go fund me a bottle like there are no like this this wine looks like cranberry juice it's baffling you could do people with this sucker. no legs you're no totally legs. right it's it baffling. doesn't have and it's it's a 2014 so it should have some body to it this stuff is thin, you guys. You could read the newspaper through it. But it does get you drunk. Y'all, if you drink enough of it like Ugh. we's done, you'll be done. Yeah. And I think we're done unboxing this episode. Can yeah. I tell you, when we started, I just was going to 100% hate this episode. Yeah. But it has opened my eyes even more. This is reason 151 as to why I love Captain Catherine Jane. I mean that ultimately to me was the upshot of the episode. It 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 it, it is the drift king. It is. You thought y'all? I thought I was the drift king, and then we ended this episode, and I was like, "Your crown, Miss Janeway." It was a kooky episode with a baffling, weird premise, and it ends on such a dark note that is very, very representative and foretelling, like foreshadowing of how. Janeway is going to captain this crew. This is how she's going to operate, you guys. You know what? We listen. Because guess what, Jen? What? A viewer emailed us. <gasps> Do tell. Philip. Oh, Philip. You emailed us and you said, hey, you guys, I think y'all should do body and soul one of these days. Well, guess what, Philip? That day is today. Yep. I'm going to put an extra plosive on the last P, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> that's your name <laughs> look you guys you can hit us up whenever we engage with you that's us that's us on social when we talk to you on the facebook on the twitters on the instagrams although we haven't been on instagram in a bit and you can also email us as our wonderful listener has at engage at sevenofwine.com suggested we do body and soul and so we shall and so we shall i can't I'm so excited to figure out what kind of wine that is. Ooh. This one gonna have a lot of body plus maybe some little soul. You I'm guys, drunk. Did you understand any of that? Please let us know on all of our social channels. <laughs> and uh, you guys keep your eyes to the skies. No, legit, because um, I was telling Jen recently I've had to uh, reorganize some stuff in my life and we might have some giveaways. I'm not, hey. gonna, I'm not gonna say what it might be, but it might be something fucking awesome. So uh, you hang out, you stick around, y'all stay classy, and uh, my name's Jacqueline. I'm Jennifer. And this was Seven of Wine. Welcome to 2018. We're drunk. <laughs> <laughs>